brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What is up? Hope you had a wonderful weekend uh, wherever you are, wherever you may be this morning, uh, this snowy morning. So glad you could join us. It's Belegian and Bell, special guests sitting in today. Now, Joyke has Mondays off for business for the next little while. Uh, I can't think of a better person to be in here than that guy t foss in the house again what's up terry just you know trying to get in here with this uh snow and everything so had a good time i did a a little spin out but not too much it is such a good time isn't it it's it's (laughs) such a you know it's funny because this is this is the calm before the storm i think you guys all know this is like our public service announcement uh big snow coming to the detroit area now they're saying what as much as eight inches eight inches we're not used to that around here. We, we just are. I have some friends that live up north, Terry, and they, they just howl at, at how we react over five inches. That's flurries for them way up I there, right? I understand that. But it, it sucked driving in today, though. It yeah, did. it did. It did. Now, if, if they're going to say we're going to get eight inches, give us eight inches. Yep. What, what I don't like is the death storm alerts. Oh, death storm is coming. Uh, you're going to have to shut it down. Don't leave the house. Don't go to your mailbox. And then you get an inch and a half. Yeah. I'm like, hello. (laughs) So if you're going to say it's coming, let it come. I've made fun of that on social media for years. Art, you know that. You are privy to that. It's uh, Here it is. This is the big one. Mm-hmm. It's the day after tomorrow. You know, it's all that stuff. But here, here's what's interesting. What kind of world do we live in? I was telling Terry this before we started today. What kind of world do we live in where a 16-year-old girl wants to go to school tomorrow? True story. My daughter says to me, my daughter says to me, dad, do you think we'll have a snow day tomorrow? And I said, if we get eight inches with the bulk of it coming later on this afternoon, I said, yeah, they'll cancel school. She kind of went like that. I go, you don't, you don't want a school day. I've had enough school days. (laughs) It's good logic, right? COVID's going to do that to somebody, you know? So I, I thought school days, I thought snow days were done. Because now they've discovered Zoom and and all this kind of stuff, so I thought the teachers just said, "Okay, uh, they, we're not don't come to school, but we're still going to study today." They so, did. They did make the proclamation out in, in in my neck of the woods, Northville Public Schools. They did make the proclamation that they will still have snow days because they basically have an every other day thing there. It's right. it. I think it's A through G goes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then. Everybody else goes on Tuesday and Thursday, and then they reverse it. So they, they literally had to make a proclamation that said they are still going to have snow days. Okay, well, so. they, see, I'm out the loop now because none of my kids are in school for the, well, high school or middle school or 
for the first time like in forever so i don't i don't know what's happening anymore you got to drive up to state tomorrow though right yeah uh we're supposed to give the boy uh a little supply run i was gonna get him some cookies and i make these stupid little uh gingerbread things that he really loves so we're going to deliver that to him but you know if it's eight inches i don't know if i want to deal with 96 so we'll see but you know he's all excited so we'll probably make that drive anyway yeah got got to do it do you have four-wheel drive no all the difference in the world man i I was never one of those guys whatever and i now i'm that guy terry that people yell at because i'm flying by you because i I have this feeling of invincibility i I am i openly admit i was gonna complain about four-wheel guy and you're it i am sorry now my apologies Ice doesn't work with four wheels. You can still spin off the road. Yep. And now I don't like when you just storm by and, and then my little vehicle spins around and stuff. So you're the guy I got a problem with. You can Shame yell at on me. you. You can yell at me. I, and I am. I was, listen, Terry, I, Christmas Eve, do you remember Christmas Eve a couple of years ago? We got that big snow and the Lions just sucked against the Bengals. You know, playing for their playoff life. They suck against the Bengals. They lose. But we got like six inches of snow that night. And I wanted to get home on Christmas Eve. You know, I I, I wasted my day with the Lions again. <laughs> I, I, I'm bashing my head against the, the steering wheel. And then you get in and, and it's just mass hysteria on the road. If there was ever a day where I was guilty, it, it was that day. Flying down, and I do mean flying, flying down 96 to get back to my neck of the woods I was 100% that guy. I openly admit it. I confess my sins. If it happens again... You know again, you can kill the rest of us. I know that. All I right? know that. But I made it home for Christmas Eve dinner, and that's the most important thing because it's all about me, right? I understand. That's that's our that, logic. That's me on Thanksgiving. It, 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 Going no. to the Lions oh. game. I'm pissed off because after every Thanksgiving, I write a bullshit column because it's a bullshit game. So you can't really write something good so I'm driving home. All the bars are closed and everything. So you kind of get home. And that my kids, they don't, they don't care. They just eat my food. And uh, I'm like, hey, I'm here. And it's like 6 or 7 o'clock. I said, where's my food? And then my wife has to pull out something from under the sink or something. Here, this is for you. I said, what happened to the real regular? Ah, Brandon ate it. <laughs> Motherfucker. Really? <laughs> he was hungry. I, you know what's funny? I I am really looking forward to it. Is is I sit here right now, I am really looking forward to not spending my day with the Lions down there. I haven't done it in so many years, mm-hmm. and this year, as as I sit here right now, um, the idea of like actually being at home and being miserable at home watching the Lions. I, I, Terry, I haven't done it in years. Like I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it because I, I haven't been to Thanksgiving Day game in th- four years. I thought I really. Think. I used to go every year. Yeah, and I, I just show up. Damn, really? And, I, and a lot of people fired up about going to the Thanksgiving game. I don't think it would be that bad if you just had to go and you can leave anytime you want it. Like you say, it's halftime. Okay, they're down 15. <laughs> I'm tired of this. Let's roll. Me, I got to stay there the whole time, no matter what. And it's usually a pretty miserable game. Yeah. Uh, pretty boring. Nothing much happens. No, it, it's, it's whether it be radio or TV, I've, my Thanksgiving has been uh, at the Silverdome or Ford Field, like, since the late 90s. And, like, this year, 
again, it's February. We're, we're still, you know, nine months away from it. I'm sitting back going, I might not have to go this year. And I'm, I'm going to take so advantage you of that. you're thinking about that I'm, already. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. That's sad. Sitting at home. Are you, are you, that way I can walk away from it. Like you said, if you had the option, mm-hmm. one of those days to just go, it's halftime. I, later, you know. I can walk away from it. Let's sit down and let's eat dinner now. And I'm just going to, I'll turn football back on in an hour and a half when the Cowboys are on. Well, the foster tradition is we kind of eat during the Lions game. By the fourth quarter, we're out because that food puts us to sleep. (laughs) And we might see some of the Cowboys game bits and pieces. But, you know, Thanksgiving for me is eat, sleep, football eat some more, sleep, and then football. Yeah. That food, man, is heavy, oh, it's knocks beautiful. you out, but you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. That would also be part of something I loved. If you guys haven't checked out something that Terry just did, uh, Terry said, made the suggestion that there should be a 30 for 30 specifically on the Detroit Lions and the relationship the Detroit Lions have with the city and its fan base. And Terry, honestly, I, I cannot believe that that hasn't been like widely discussed because it would it would be, as I told you, in my opinion, I think it would be educational for the rest of the nation. I really do. Yeah, the rest of the nation doesn't care about us. They don't understand the relationship between the Lions and Lions fans. They just see the Lions. Okay, it's a bad organization, and that's it. They don't know about the Millen Man March. They don't know about what's a guy got to do to get fired around here. Um, they don't know about the Edinger 54-yard field goal. but And they also don't know why these people every year, it's my team, I'm, I'm back. So that's the thing that confuses me. So I think it would be an excellent 30 for 30, but I just think the people who are in charge of 30 for 30s, the producers, ESPN, they just don't care about Detroit. It's like, yeah, it's a nice little city and us up there, but they don't understand the pain we go through. They don't understand the agony that we've gone through. If you really love this team and definitely don't understand why people love this team, I think it would be an excellent idea. I'm calling for ESPN now. Get some producers. Get this thing rolling. There should be a 30 for 30 on the Detroit Lions. They did it for Cubs and their fans. They did curse about the Bambino. Uh, They've done stuff before. I think it's an excellent opportunity oh. to unearth some things that the rest of the nation doesn't know about. It is, Terry, and it is generational. I think everybody's got a story like me. I remember vividly Thanksgiving Day 1980 being at my grandparents' house. Okay. And if you remember, Vince Evans scores a touchdown on the last play of the game. The game goes to overtime. David Williams is the Chicago Bears, returns the overtime kickoff for a touchdown. My father and my grandfather burst into laughter. <laughs> they burst into laughter. I burst into tears. I'm a little kid. I don't. So I'm not going to walk up to my dad and go, Dad, why is this funny? You don't do that. You walk up to your grandfather to do something like that because you know he's going to give you a little love and he's going to pull you up on his lap and all that. And my grandfather, I'll never forget it. My grandfather literally said to me, he said, Sean, get used to it. That's what the Detroit Lions do to you. And 40-plus years later, he wasn't wrong. Right. And my moment came when I was a little kid. Um, It was a nice Sunday afternoon. It was sunny out. It was, you know, it was kind of warm. We were going to go out and play. I was all excited about going out to play because the Lions were going to beat the New Orleans Saints. Uh, 
So we were going to go out and play street football. We were all going to be Lombardi and all these old timers. So I'm going out with the idea the Lions beat the New Orleans Saints. So I was going to be excited, even though back then the Saints sucked at the time. But what happens? Tom Dempsey with half a foot kicks a 63-yard field goal, and I was devastated. I said, you got to be kidding me. But it's a, So I'm a kid. <laughs> so it ruined my whole afternoon. We didn't want to play anymore. Um, it was ridiculous. So I remember that. I remember that stupid 5 nothing playoff loss uh-huh. to the Dallas Cowboys. That was ridiculous. Um, there's just so many things. You can't, you can't ex- explain it. You really can't. And, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, you and I both kind of went through that period with, with our kids. I, I remember vividly when, I, when my son was about five, I was like, do I tell him? Do I tell him? Or, or do I let him experience it himself? And I decided not to tell him. And it took him about four years. And, and he one day, I'll never forget it. He said it just like this. He goes, Dad, being a Lions fan is hard. He was like nine years old. And I said, yeah, Jack, being a Lions fan is hard. It, it, it's very hard. And it, it's, it's one of those things that, Terry, you know people all over the place. And this has always been my just theory, okay? I don't think people elsewhere truly understand how bad this franchise has been. I really, because everybody thinks it's bad. You know, you now sit don't in Cleveland. don't say you don't think they, they don't know it's this bad. They definitely do not know it's this bad. But um, they, they know there's something going on here. Um, we took the family on a vacation a few years ago. We go to San Francisco. So we're on, we're on the little trolley car, and we're waiting for it to leave because it's, it's always packed and everything. So these two guys were talking. One was from Green Bay, and the other one was from San Francisco. And they started talking about their teams in the Super Bowl and how great it was. And, you know, even when they lost, you know, still had fun. And they were talking about playoff runs. They were talking about Brett Favre. They were talking all this stuff. So one of the guys turns to me and says, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Detroit. They busted out laughing. I'm talking about spit coming out of their mouth. And they said, oh, no wonder you're so quiet. You don't have anything to talk about. I said, yeah, I, I really don't. But it was, it was so humiliating. <laughs> and, but what can you say? No. That's a, you know what Kenny said on uh, Facebook, by the way? We, we appreciate you guys all you know, taking part and uh, doing this. That Kenny said, no one understands the struggle. 100% true. I told Terry before we went on the air, uh, I've had two conversations with guys elsewhere where guys in the National Football League, mind you, look me straight in the eye and were like, that's not true. When I told them the Lions have one playoff win. Oh, shame on them for that. What, 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 seriously, I, the guy in Cincinnati was the best because he, w- he was talking about how bad the Brown ownership is. You know, uh, Mike Brown, the, the, the Brown family and everything. And he, and he was saying, we have had it a hundred times worse than you Lion <laughs> fans and everything. So this is what I did. Seriously, true story. I, I said, I want you to pick one of the years you guys went to the Super Bowl. The Bengals have been to two. I said, I want you to pick just one of the years. He goes, what do you mean? I go, give me a year that you went to the Super Bowl. He goes, all right, how about the year that we played in Pontiac? Okay. That, that we, and I go, great. I go, in the span of two weeks, you had more playoff wins than the Lions have had in their history. That's not true. Look it up. What? 
in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, 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 yeah in the Super Bowl era. He, he goes, he goes, he goes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's not true. I go, I want you, do me a favor. Look it up right now. Just look it up. Gets back to me, I, honest to goodness, he goes, I, I had absolutely no idea. One playoff win. I said one playoff win in the Super yeah. Bowl era. I think they're one in 13. They had two, two weeks in a row, a couple different times, the Bengals. So I, I don't want to hear from you. And at least I get it. It sucks to get there and lose twice, especially the way that you lost both of those Super Bowls. I get that, okay? But don't talk to me about being the worst ever. Guy from Minnesota said the same thing. In our own division, whether it be the Central <laughs> they, they Division, know. <laughs> whether it be the Central Division or now the North, he goes, one playoff win, and they go, one. One. Yeah. Look it up. People don't know. I, no, they don't know. I got a friend that uh, lives in – well, she used to live in Kansas City. She was bitch, bitching about the Chiefs not going to a Super Bowl in 50 years and how tragic that was. And then they went – two years in a row and I said do you know when's the last time the Lions went to the Super Bowl she's like I'm gonna take it as longer than 50 years ago I said yeah how about zero he's like damn they really suck don't they but it, we we need to educate the the rest of the world about what's going on here that's I'm why down I, that's let, why I, that 30 for 30 let, let let's find a way and and you know the, the most important thing I, I think Terry you would be great with that I think people have seen you you know do stuff with with the bad boys obviously I think that would be great because it, it number one I think it's therapeutic for lion fans whether we want to admit it or not it's therapeutic it's I say this all the time this is the worst franchise in the NFL I mean it just is okay but it's my franchise and I firmly believe you don't always have to be this. You know, if you get the right people in place on accident, okay, you can change the fortunes of a franchise. The Golden State Warriors were just a, a nothing franchise forever, right? Right. Get the Absolutely. right people in place. Things can things can take off. Uh, the Red Wings. You and I both grew up in an era where the Red Wings were so off the radar here, people, people wouldn't believe it. Get the right people in place. But with the Lions, we've been saying that literally my entire lifetime. Yeah. Actually, I would be a bad person for a 30 for 30 on the Lions because I don't give a shit. I, I just don't care. <laughs> what you need is you need some people with some passion, some people that really care, and some people who have been pained by the Lions. I haven't been pained by the Lions in a long time because I know what they are. They are what they are, and I don't understand why people are so passionate about them. So I, would, I wouldn't be the right person for that. Because then people look at this and say, damn, T, man, he's flat on this one. We, we should have got somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best, but I just don't think I'm the right guy for that. What are some moments, I mean, to the people, if you're watching on Facebook Live, what are some moments that would absolutely positively have to be a part of this 30 on 30 to, to really 
explain to people what's going on. Uh, you mentioned the march, Terry. The one thing, I'll, I'll never do anything like that again as long as I live, and I'll tell you why. Because people turned that into what they wanted to turn it into. Do you know what that was? That wasn't boycott the Lions. That wasn't wear orange. That was wake the hell up. Matt Millen is driving this franchise into the ground. And you know what the worst thing is? You know what the worst thing is? He held his job for three more years. Yes. No wonder you went 0-16. Right. And, and once again, why did he get an exit? Because the front office was better organized. That's what, that's what the old man said. But, you know, and, and, and the thing, when they brought in Matt Millen, they never talked about bringing Matt Millen in to win a championship. They said Matt's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Matt knows people around the league. Uh, he's going to get inside information because people like him. That's not winning a championship. That's, that's because you like the guy. Exactly. Now, yep. I, I can't stand him. And I know he's had some health issues, and I feel sorry about that and everything, but he was the guy that took a bad franchise and made it worse. People have often said to me, like, who is the worst general manager? And, and to me, like, Terry, I'm not being funny, and it's nothing personal uh, against the guy. You would have to try to be as bad as Matt Millen. You'd have to make an effort to be as bad as Matt Millen yes. was. I'm serious. Because I thought I saw the worst general manager in sports history in Russ Thomas. Matt Millen said, oh, psh, I can do better than that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's hey, nothing. <laughs> we got some suggestions for the 30. Uh, for thirty. In case you missed it, make sure you check it out on Twitter. He uh, Foster's blog. Uh, he put that out there. I think it's a great idea. Some people have already chimed in. Some moments that must be on there. Uh, you know, for a guy like me, I've. I've seen it for 45 years now. I mean, there are so many little moments that you just wince and, and you shake your head. We'll get to some of that when we come back. Uh, some other good things to talk about. Pistons, uh, you got to like what you saw over the weekend. Obviously, uh, Michigan basketball, that was just an epic win. All things considered, we'll get into that as well. But start a new career in an industry that is always essential, the heating and cooling industry. Learn more today by visiting northwesterntech.edu. The man, Terry Foster, in the house. I'm Sean Belege, and this is Woodward Sports. Hey, it's Joey from Woodward Sports, and I am here in downtown Fan at Bridge Street Exchange. This place has so many amazing things for guys. And ladies, this is the hidden spot that you got to come check out. I'm talking thorough good boots best boots ever. They have barware. They got the Stormy Cromer hats. They got Carhartt hats, a huge Carhartt selection. They even got Snoop Dogg underwear. So go check them out, bridgestreetexchange.com and use the code word WSN for 15% off. What is up? Glad you could join us again. Terry Foster, Sean Belegian here, Woodward Sports. Terry, let me get to the people a little bit right here. Uh, somebody said, uh, I mentioned Kenny, no one understands the, the trouble or the struggle. Larry said the Green Bay Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. the uh, he, Caldwell thought they were going to do that back and forth type of thing. Yeah. He didn't think Aaron Rodgers could reach the end zone. What a goofball. And it, when you see the ball leave, you see two defenders kind of like in midfield, like, okay, where's my guy? They're not covering anybody. Everybody didn't go deep on that because Caldwell didn't think Aaron Rodgers could reach the end zone from 60 yards. Hello, he's the NFL quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Steve said Calvin Johnson's uh, game-winning non-catch. That is something you can't 
You can't describe that. I Terry, I tell this story all the time. I lost my mind that day, and I I went to the noted NFL rules expert, my five-year-old daughter, Lauren. And I said to Lauren, I showed her a replay of that, and I said, Lauren, did that man catch that ball? <laughs> and she said, uh-huh. Right. So I, if a five-year-old can tell you what a catch is, um, and, and, you know, it, it was just that's the Lions. It is the Lions. But you know what I think Calvin did on that play? I think he made the catch, and he was celebrating the catch. He just dropped the ball down on the end zone. Yep. And they said, ah, oh, you didn't catch it. I thought in his mind, I caught this ball, I did everything, so I'm just going to be cool and leave this ball here on the end zone. Yep. And they'd say, oh, you didn't catch it. I was pissed about that. Yeah. I said, there's no way you can say he didn't catch that ball. Uh, Tony said, I was at the game in the upper deck uh, around Green Bay fans. Most gave up on the game, but uh, of course when it was over, they were all shocked, and I thought, uh, same old Lions. Uh, Garrett said the no pass interference on Dallas in the playoffs. I, I will say this until the day I die, and I've said this to Joyke. Everybody talks about that play. The one play that, that drives me nuts about that game is Des Bryant running on the field with no helmet. Right. That, that drives me more nuts than anything else. That is, that is not discretionary. That is not an opinion. That is a penalty. Period. End is, of story. But there was so much chaos going at, at the time that I think the referees just lost their mind and they didn't call it. Oh, it it taking the wind. I still can't. I I I, just, I, I, I like Marty better when he uh, rode off in the motorcycle. <laughs> were you there that day? I was not there. Okay, that, I I there were a lot of us there. I, I was there that day, and I was standing next to our mutual friend Tom Kowalski. And to say that everybody started laughing would be an understatement. Oh, I'm sure they, they, they were. Like like literally everybody. And, and at first it was kind of stifled. It was kind of. <clears throat> And then it was everybody just started openly laughing. Like, right. seriously, you're pulling this crap? See, Marty tried to make everyone think he was a hard ass, but he wasn't. He was a clown and uh, might be a very good coordinator, but not a leader of men. Let's put it that way. And then he storms off and everything. And I'm making a statement. No, if the media is laughing at you, the players are laughing at you, too. Terry, I have a problem because there are a couple moments like this. Uh, somebody brought up the win game, okay? And I'm sure you remember this. And I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out as much as I'm calling everybody out because I've seen this happen a few times during the course of my life. The thing that bothers me the most about the win game is there, there were some people at the time that tried to justify that it was the right call. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, that's all the time just about. Whenever you have... Um, a local team making the decision, there is a a segment of people that just try to justify no matter what they do. Yeah. Uh, when they hired Matt Millen, I, I heard people, oh, Matt's the right guy. Why? Well, I don't really know because he's good on TV. That's not a reason. <laughs> um, I remember that day that Matt Millen was hired. Uh, one of his boys happens to be one of my NBA sources. We were talking about something else, and this guy was just crying. He said, I love Matt. Matt has no idea what he's doing. He's not. You, you don't learn how to be a uh, president or GM on the fly. You can't do it. I know he's going to fail, and this is a very sad day for me. But Matt's getting paid. He's getting paid four or five million dollars, so he's taking that gig. So how, how do you say no to? I always bring this one up to Joyke. I, I feel better with you here because Joyke is probably sick and tired of me hearing about it. I remember 
Um, this is going back to 2013. You remember in the pouring rain, Jim Schwartz decided to fake a field goal with his rookie punter against Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. And I literally lost my mind. And, and so many people, and in the media, because I got in an argument with one of them uh, on live TV, I, I was like, how can you justify that? Like, oh, come on, he's taking a chance. Okay, I, there's a difference mm-hmm. between taking a chance, okay? If you decide on fourth down, we're going to throw to the best receiver in the game, Calvin Johnson. Right. I, I'm not going to bark at you for that. When you decide that you're going to run your 165-pound rookie punter in the pouring rain <laughs> right. against the Pittsburgh right. Steelers, you're a bonehead. Like, and, and it's funny because at first there's that, it's exactly the way that there's like this semi justification, but then you wait a year and everybody agrees with you a year later. Right. Oh, that was a terrible pick. A year ago, you were telling me that you, you were proud of Jim Schwartz because he ain't scared and all that. It drives me out of my mind. There's, there's one thing taking chances and being aggressive, there's another one for being stupid. Yeah. That was a stupid call. And I tell you another thing that should be in this 30 for 30 hmm. Barry Sanders. One of the best running backs in history. Do you know what the Lions did when they got inside the 10-yard line? Took them out the game. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you're not going to give them the ball, let Barry be a decoy. It's true. Play fake to Barry, pull it out of his stomach, and then pass. It's true. It's absolutely true. Golden Tate overturned touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons. I just... (laughs) You can't even... I, I just, you know, it's funny over the weekend, somebody posted, uh, I, I was on Twitter and somebody there, there was one moment that I remember where it actually went the lion's way. I remember they, they beat the Cowboys in 1981 and they had 12 men on the field and, and okay. the Detroit news, were you working for the news? I know yeah. you were you 81 was with the Detroit news. Okay. No, I was not. I was in college. Okay. All right. I was at the Grand Rapids press. All right, so uh, I'll never I'll never forget the cover of the sports page the next day. It said the Dirty Dozen, <laughs> and it showed the twelve Lions on the field when Eddie Murray ran out on the field and beat the game. And and honestly, it's one of those things, Terry. Uh, for every time that's happened, we have fifty stories of it going the other way. Right. Where where it's the Lions that get job like that. But um, if fans of teams don't remember when their team got the advantage. Yep. If, well, that was just the way it was supposed to be because we got screwed 50 other times, so it was just a makeup call. So we don't remember when it benefits your team, but we always remember when it hurts your team. Um, so, but... Um, yeah, in case you're just joining us, I, I think Terry had a fantastic idea. He wrote about it on, on his blog as well. Uh, you, you can find that on Twitter about uh, a 30 for 30 specifically on the Detroit Lions, just on the Detroit Lions. I know as we as Detroit fans have had some head-scratching moments to be sure, but you know, to me, Terry, I keep coming back to this word, educating the rest of the nation on, on the Detroit Lions. And I love your rationale because – We've seen it on the Cubs. We saw it on the Red Sox. You know, right. when, when who it, are they? But, uh, how about the Lions? How about right. the Lions? And do it before it ends. Right. And the the Lions, I think, is is a more compelling story. Yeah, there's there's Cub fans all around the nation, and it it, it kind of became a joke. That's because the media paid attention to that. The media doesn't pay attention to what's going on here with the Lions. No. And what what they would do, they would. I think they'd be like, oh, I didn't know this happened. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. They would be surprised. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As by what we tolerate here as Detroit sports fans. You were a young man in the early 90s when they got good, and I'm sure that you've had some conversation with, with some former lines. I, I've talked to so many of those guys from those teams in the early 90s that are just, they don't have words to explain why they didn't win more. You were a young man. Were you jaded yet? I was convinced when they had, when 91 happened, when they went 12 and four Mm -hmm. and and folks, they didn't just beat the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the piss out of the Dallas Cowboys. It was a 38 to six game. I mean, they, they beat the Cowboys in every way imaginable. I was convinced that it was over. That that the nightmare that I had lived for my first fifteen years <laughs> was over. Were you like that? Did did you think that that it it it, it yes, changed? But I was jaded. I was in that locker room all the time, and those guys were saying it was over. That finally we 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 overcame the hunt. Yeah, we got our asses kicked by Washington, but we won a playoff game. And they thought it was just the beginning of more things to come. They thought it was time to go to a Super Bowl. Because shortly after that, uh, I talked to Robert Porsche about that. And when Robert was about to retire, I was in his ear saying, dude, you need to get out of here. Go somewhere. Try to win a ring. It's not happening here. And he said, nah, I, I, I love it here. And he, had, he stayed because of business dealings. But, you know, he said that I was convinced that we're going to go to multiple Super Bowls after 91. It was just the beginning I was excited to play for the Lions. Finally, we overcame this hump. And, uh, you know, we could shut up people like you. But it didn't happen. Because if you go back to 90s, and now for younger people, so, well, the 90s were great because I think the Lions made the playoffs seven out of ten years. But what was happening is when they had that first place schedule, they finished 5-11. and 11. <laughs> Then the next year they get the fifth place mm-hmm. schedule and they were 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those times – Wayne Fonts, you know, they'd start four and five or four and six, and then they'd have to rally and win six games in a row just to make the playoffs. That's what they were. It was, so, it was kind of fool's goal, even though it was the best era that I can remember for the Detroit Lions. It was. I, you know what? It, it's funny. 95, Terry, I, I, and I think that's why the game against the Eagles – a part of me died, I'm not lying, because it was my first year in the business, and it was the exact same scenario that, that Terry described. They were 4-6. and six. They meandered to 4-6. and six. There's no, they're Really, you know, it was Scott Mitchell and Herman Moore. 
And then something happened. And remember, they went on they they went on a seven game win streak, if I'm not mistaken. So they may have been three and six. They finished ten and six. And this is when sports radio was starting to really become a thing. Right. And there were national shows playing around here. And I'll never forget after the last regular season game, people were talking about who's going to win the NFC and. They were talking on a national radio show about how they felt it was a changing of the guard, and it was the Detroit Lions' term. Right. I'll, I'll never, like, because if you remember the years previous, it was like, ho-hum, is it going to be Dallas? Is it going to be San Francisco? Is it going to be Dallas? And people were talking about that, and I was so jacked up, and then the Philly game happened. And I, I'm not joking, at that point in time, like the boyhood like, yay, go Lions and me, died. It was over, and it's never going to be resuscitated. I knew that game was over before they even played the game. Uh, we went into the locker room, and Scott Mitchell was talking. He said, well, you know, I'm treating it like another game. Uh, you know, we're just going to go in there with that same game plan, and we're going to, you know, try to beat Philadelphia. So after all the media left, I said, Scott, do you really believe that this is just another game? He said, yeah, you know, we're not going to. I said, well, you're going to get your ass kicked. Because I guarantee you, Philadelphia is not treating this as another game. Um, all those players are not treating it as another game. Because from my dealings with sports, through the regular season, guys show up and play. But during the playoffs, they're like reading. So, okay. I didn't know he went to his left when he did. I didn't know he did this. So they study their opponent. And you're treating this as another game? You're going to get your ass kicked. And he's like, oh, you don't know anything. You know, have you ever played? the? I get the same thing. You ever played in the NFL? No. Uh, so you don't know what you're talking about. Do you remember the halftime score? 51-7. 51-7. Oh, you know what I remember distinctly about that game, Terry? It's funny you mentioned Scott Mitchell. And if you... Those of you that remember the game, I'll never forget when he got yanked and he was just exasperated as to why he got yanked. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was on on television for the world to see. It, it You know, word came down that he was getting yanked and he went at Fonts and he was going, why? Why? And it's like, <laughs> what game are you watching? Right. What do you mean, why? And why do you want to be a part of this anyway? But, you know, do you? this is, this is what pissed me off about that game. This is what Wayne Fonts said after the game. They ended up losing 57-38. Wayne Fonts, first thing out of his mouth, my guys didn't quit. Uh, you know, this is the character of this football team. I said, dude, you're down 51-7. You don't think Philadelphia forgot about you and was thinking about the next game? You don't think that played in it? Now my guys, uh, they play for me? Uh, I said, dude, you lost by 21 points. But that was Wayne. He's always promoting himself. Uh, you know what? I love this idea. The more, the more that we're talking about it, and I'm seeing so many responses from you, it, it would be one of those things. So now, you, you need to be in it. You think so? Yeah. I'll never quit them. Because you care. I, I do. I openly Still admit. Care. No, you, I, I do. You I, got history and you care. I, I do care, Terry. I, mm-hmm. I openly admit it. I have no problem. I, I would like to believe that I can separate my care from covering the team, and I've certainly haven't been afraid to say they suck over the years if anybody who's followed me or do a march for that matter um but yes i do care i I wish i'm not gonna lie to you i have friends that have been able to turn it off i can't i can't turn it off i can't and and i think now it's only gotten worse because i see my son and me a, a lot he cares like one of the cool things, especially with him being away from school, and I'm sure you can relate to this with your son and daughter, is every every Sunday right around 7 o'clock when he knows dad's done working, 
there's that phone call. Like I, I, I see his number come up, and, mm-hmm. and we have about a 10, 15-minute talk about what happened. Hey, how was the weekend? But 12 and a half minutes of that conversation is about the Lions game. See, see my kids, I never subjected them to becoming Lions fans. Uh, I took my son to a game, and um, it was against the St. Louis Rams at the time. And um, he left falling in love with Steven Jackson, the uh, running back for the, for the Rams. He, you know, we're, we're there watching the game, and he says, man, this guy is really good. I like him. So he talked about Steven Jackson. He never talked about the Lions. My, my only Lions moment with him, with him was um, one day there was a jersey day at school. So we, uh, we laid out his jersey. So anyway, I hear this crying. Mom, Dad, I can't wear this jersey. It stinks. It stinks. I thought, so I thought maybe it's dirty or there's some smell oh, no. coming out. It was a Lions jersey. He was crying. He didn't want to wear it to school. So we had to go get him a, a Tiger jersey or something like that before he would actually wear it. But he refused to wear a Lions jersey because it stunk. Isn't it unbelievable? I know. It, and he was crying. When my son was in fourth grade, this is a true story, and uh, I know Bill Keenis knows this story. Um, the kid that lived across the street from him, his, his buddy Bryce, and he were made fun of 28 miles away from Ford Field for being Lions fans. Think about that. Oh, wow. 28 miles. Uh, the other kids in school are like, you're a Lions fan? I mean, think about that. There are more kids like your boy than people want to admit around here. No, well, there's another subset of people who are Bears fans, Steelers fans, mostly. And there's sure. some Browns fans. They, sure. have, they have pretty good uh, followings when they go to different sports bars. They have Steelers bars. They have Bears bars. So when we're watching the Lions, they're watching their teams play. And I think it's more prevalent in this city than it is in, in most of other cities. It's like, I'm done with them. And when people tell me they're Lions fan free, for the most part, part I don't believe them. I don't them. believe it either. But there are some people who are Lions Oh, free. sure. Yeah. You know what? And, and Steve, you, you brought up something that this equates to me. Steve said, I stopped letting them ruin my day a few years ago. It wasn't worth it. Terry, when I was doing the postgame shows on a, a former radio station, I would come home from work and I would notice my kids were like, they would like look at me like, <laughs> like, right. And I was like, I can't do this. So, you know, that's when I came up with cider mill moments. Like, like literally, I, I, I have two choices. I can sit around and marinate at 40 years of frustration about this football team, or I can put a smile on my face and go, kids, let's go to the cider mill today. You know, and some of those donuts. You, yeah. you had you had to escape. You, Absolutely. I mean, you had to escape. And and so there are moments like during games now that I, you know, somebody will tweet at me and go, "Okay, I'm heading my cider mill now." Because it's it's like I, I'm not going to let you do this to me. Not today. You did today. I'm going to <laughs> defeat you. But you know what traps me? The journalist traps traps me into watching lines because no matter what they do, no matter how bad they are, it's still the best story in town. Yep. Because people care about them so much. That makes them the best story in town. So I'm, I watch every game from start to finish. They, they could be down by three touchdowns. I'm still watching just to see the comedy, just to see something weird happen. Terry, that is such a true statement. I, I remember um, a former co-worker of yours, Joanne Gerstner, did an article a few years back when we were working in radio. And, you know, she she asked me, she said, all right, it's the middle of July, and all anybody wants to talk about is 
the Lions. And even with the Tigers having a magical season, everybody wants to talk about the Lions. And I said, it's radio gold. The Lions are the Lions are radio gold. It's gold on this show. It's gold on television. There's something about the Lions and this city that, and this again, Terry, goes to why I cannot believe somebody hasn't jumped all over this. There has to be a documentary between really the love-hate relationship with, with the Lions in this city. Yes, and why some people just never give up. This is my team till I die. And I, and I run into those people and I ask them one question. When you say, I love the Lions, I'm never going to abandon them. I'm saying, okay, tell me one thing they've given to you. And I get this. Uh, it was that game in 72 that they won. I say, okay, they, so they won a game. Big deal. <laughs> what have they given you? Uh, I don't know. And I said, well, well dude, why are you, why are you sweating it's this? It's such a one-way street. It you put it street. that way, and, it's and a no, one-way here, street. Here's the thing. Now, people here don't get angry with the team. They get ballistically pissed off. And here's the cycle. Um, every, I would say, April and May, we're behind the Lions. They just made a draft pick that I like. They signed a couple free agents that I like. And then what the NFL does, which is smart, is they have these guys work out with no pads. And so they look a little bit faster. You can see the, the, the muscles in their stomach and arms and everything. And then by September, it's, it's a frenzy around here. You know, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to win the playoffs. They might make the Super Bowl this year. So you get this, like, this cycle. And then by October, it's like, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm never, ever going to follow this team again until April. And they get you again. All right. And I'm going to be that guy right now. Bef- before we go to the break, Terry, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I want to I, I hear your response when we come back. I, I believe that for the first time in my lifetime, I think the Lions brass gets it right now. And I'll, I'll explain to you when we come back, and you can tell me if I'm being 10-year-old Sean again or if I'm being realistic here. Because I, for the first time in my lifetime, what I see the Lions telling everybody right now in, in no uncertain terms is we realize we're a wretched franchise, we realize we're in a bad place right now, and we're going to suck the next two or three years to get good. So that's why I think it's different. Now, you tell me if I'm being hopeful, Sean, at 10 years old, who's yelling at his grandpa, no, grandma, they don't stink. They're not, they're not what you say they are. Terry's going to play the role of my grandfather and Joyke Bell when we come back. So glad you could join us right here on Woodward Sports. You know what's great, Steve? I, I have to bring this up. Steve says, what sucks is I don't get to um, get all the games in Chicago, so I got to pay for it. You know what's funny? Um, my son found a place in downtown Chicago. It's actually right near where he goes to school where there's like a little lion's bar, and there are a bunch of guys that go there on Sundays because mis- misery enjoys company. Yes. Uh, so those guys, and so he, he found a way to get in with this group, and they go watch the Lions every Sunday. Isn't that funny? If, if I lived in Chicago, I'd go. Yeah. To hang out with them. Hey, what, I never turned down a few beers and some pizza. <laughs> I don't care what we're watching. We could be watching Sex in the City. I'm there. All right. So before we went to the break, 
and and this is where you're you're going to have to be the voice of reason here, Terry. Honestly, for the first time in my life, the Lions are basically telling people without saying it. I- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. No, a lot of people don't want to hear it. We're bad. We're a bad, we're, we've been a bad franchise we're a bad team right now and it's going to take two or three years to fix this. Does right. that does that right, you bring you a glimmer of hope? For that fake? Who else? This guy. Are you really? I'm I'm all prepared oh, to come oh, out oh. five years from now and say, you know what? I was wrong. But I think, you know, here's what I like what the Lions did. It's not just about Dan Campbell's, not just about uh, Holmes, but for the first time they actually had a search for GM and coach. For the first time, they didn't hire a friend. They didn't hire somebody they liked. They didn't hire a friend of a friend. But when you look at the whole cycle of the Lions, it's been the good old boys network all the way down the line. Uh, This is the first time they said, okay, let's do a national search for real. Let's uncover the bushes. Let's find out somebody that might be off the radar, but they're going to work for us. Um, when you look at the history of the Lions, first general manager, Russ Thomas, drinking buddy of the owner. Okay. So then Russ Thomas retires after 32 years, and who do they hire as GM? His friend, Chuck Schmidt. So that's friend of the owner's, friend of the GM's friend, so they go on down the line. So um, so then they keep Wayne Fonts because Wayne Fonts is a good guy. We like him, even though he's the winningest and losingest coach. Not going to get rid of him. So then when you, when you go beyond that, the next um, GM hire is Matt Millen. Why did they hire Matt Millen? Matt's a good guy. When we have meetings with Matt on Thursday nights for the game, he's a hell of a guy, and we have a good time with him. So let's hire him. So then you go for Matt Millen, and who does he hire? Mar- uh, Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew, a guy he liked. Um, I, and I was telling people that one time they had some press conference at Ford Field, and Matt Millen called out to me one time and said, Foster, this is Martin Mayhew. He's a stud. As soon as he said that, I said, okay, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so then they hire him. And so – for the very first time, this isn't one of my friends we're hiring. It's not a guy that I like. It's not a guy that we have chocolate chip cookies and milk 
with or vodka or bourbon and he's just a great guy. They hired somebody who they think can win. So that's why I'm excited about this. I'm not excited because he wants to bust people's kneecaps nope. or smack you upside the head. Nope. But he did bring up something that uh, for, for the years I've been asking people in the NFL, what do the Lions have to do to be competitive? What do they have to do to be a championship team? And they said two things. One is you have to draft a team that can slow down Aaron Rodgers. You have to draft a team that can figure out the Bears' defense. Uh, you have to draft a team that's better than Tampa because Tampa was in the mm-hmm. league for, in the division for a while. And then the second thing you have to do is every team has a weakness. You have to figure out how can I exploit the weakness of the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears. And maybe they've been doing this all along, but I never heard anyone from the Lions organization say that until Dan Campbell. He's the first guy I've heard say that. So I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to ignore the kneecaps. I'm going to ignore busting people upside the head. He said something that was sensible. So I'm all in. Uh, but a part of me says, T, can't fall for fake. It's because it is the Detroit Lions. But I, I figure at some point everybody's got to get it right. Yep. What's the old saying? Even a blind squirrel gets it right sometimes. Even a broken clock is correct one or two times a day. So I'm all in. So you can make fun of me. Uh, no, I'm, I, I, Terry, I'm telling you, I, I, I really do. God forgive me. I really, I really think it's different. I, do you know what I like the most is when they were talking about two or three years from now. They weren't talking about what right. they're going to do next fall because they aren't going to do next fall. They, it almost looks to me like, again, God forbid, they're playing chess right now. They're looking two moves ahead. Yeah, they are. That's why I think they took the – the first round draft picks for later on because everybody said, well, you got to get them this year. No, you don't. You, 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 you spread them out. You get better uh, as you keep going down, keep going down the road. And uh, it's not about now. Now, if they got the wrong guy, he would have come in. I'm here and we're going to win right now, damn it. Mm-hmm. You know, forget all this other stuff. We're going we're gonna to make the playoffs next year. No, you're not. You're going pl- to promise that. You'll fall short. You'll build a team where you get older guys, and you're trying to win now when you don't have any possibility of doing that. So you may as well kick the can down the road. Now, here's, here's the danger. We have asked Lion fans in the past, be patient. And you know what? They're, they're tired of being patient. Absolutely. I understand that. But one more time. Hey, folks, be patient. Uh, you're going to have one, two couple years of terrible. It's going to be terrible. But if you're developing a team, if you've discovered a quarterback, if you discovered a, um, a front line or front seven on defense, if you've got a running back in place and a good offensive line that's up and coming, you are doing what you need to do. But you're not going to win ball games. You know, and it's interesting because, I, Terry, here's the thing. When you say that in February, people groan and go, ugh. But I firmly co-sign and agree with what you were saying something happens in the summer i've always called like august crazy month around here okay right and what i mean by that is if you're a michigan fan and and you've been pretty realistic about where you 
I think this is the year that Jim Harbaugh needed. This offseason with everything that went on, you know damn well that they're probably at best going to be an eight-win team, but you add two wins. Uh, Mel Tucker got his guys. You know damn well they're, they're you know probably going to be a six, maybe seven-win team, but you add two wins. And the same thing can be said for the Lions. It, it, it happens year after Yeah. Who says the Lions have to be 5-11 and 11 right now? I, I think this team can compete. So people don't want to hear that now, but you, when August comes, when September comes, we're all sucked back in. A majority of us are all sucked back it's in. It's the NFL. It is. Here, here's the sick thing I do uh, during the preseason is I go to other newspaper websites, and they always ask this poll, how many games are the Jets going to win? How many games are the Rams going to win? How many games are the Dolphins going to win? You know what always wins? 10 and 6. Mm-hmm. Every team is going to finish 10 and 6. That's humanly impossible. <laughs> when you think about it, look at, look at the mathematics of it. It's, it's impossible. But everybody thinks their team is going to finish 10 and 6. Unless you're Pittsburgh or, or Kansas City, then you say oh, 11 and 5 or 12 and 4. But no one says, ah, oh, my team's going to finish 5-11 and 11 or 4-12. and 12. I mean, you get pockets of people to say that. But the vast majority of people, shit, we're going to the playoffs and we're going to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> the, de- the Detroit version is killer spitting out 8-8. Eight 8-8. Eight. Eight eight. Yeah, boy, if I had a dime for the amount of times I heard him spit out 8-8. Eight eight, it, it, it's, it's, other places, that's what you do. You think 10 wins here? 8-8. Eight and eight. And eight it made eight. sense. Yep. Made sense for him to do that. Hey, what did you? I want to get your take. Uh, we talked about this on uh, Friday. Uh, Chris Doyle. At the time, Chris Doyle was still a member of the Jacksonville Jags. Um, Joyke had some great comments about it and, you know, what that might mean for the locker room because uh, my man had some issues in Iowa. We'll, we'll put it mildly. But I thought you had an interesting spin on it, Terry. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer, first of all, Urban Meyer needs to understand. This is the NFL and not college where you can do anything you want. You can't bring in a guy that took a $1.1 million buyout for being racist and then bring him into an NFL locker room. Somebody would have kicked his ass at some point if he tried that stuff in the NFL. And Urban Meyer's like, well, I vetted him out. No, this is my boy who I like. I'm going to overlook all his flaws. He's just going to work out. No, it's not. It's not going to work out. So he resigned, which is probably the smart thing, because I swear somebody would have squared up on his ass and, and beat him. You can't do that in the NFL. And why, why would you want to hire somebody as your strength and conditioning coach who's got racist problems? It doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Urban Meyer, you can't do everything you want, and I'm glad he's not here in Detroit because everybody wanted Urban Meyer – to be their coach and everything. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get the NFL, so he'll probably be Nick Saban in Miami. Uh, he'll be all the, these other guys that uh, were paraded about in the NFL, who college guys who didn't quite understand that. Sure. That locker room is a lot different. These dudes have opinions. These dudes uh, are angry. These dudes, I understand they don't have guaranteed contracts, but somebody would have squared up on him because he's not an assistant coach or he's not an offensive coordinator, he's not the head coach, somebody would beat his ass. You know what's interesting, too? You brought this up earlier when when talking about, you know, kind of the, the lineage of, of what transpired here in Detroit. His explanation, his initial explanation, trying to tell people why Chris Doyle was 
the right choice was absolutely positively what you were talking about. What, what did Urban Meyer say? If you remember when, when the heat started to come down on Friday, what did he say before the, the uh, resignation took place? I've known this guy for 17 years. I've, I know him going back to my, my days at Utah. Now, if, right. that, if that isn't the old boys network that really rubs a lot of people the wrong way. That's my boy. <laughs> I don't know what is. I mean, you're, ta- you're talking about 17 years ago, 17 years ago at Utah. That, that, that's been your, your, your hook to him. You no. get away with stuff like that in Utah. Yeah. They tried to do it at Iowa, which maybe you, you thought he could get away with it then. Mm. He's not getting away with it in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see. I, I have a feeling, Terry, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, I, I, you know what? I have a feeling that Urban Meyer pulls a Nick Saban. And I never believed for a second that Urban Meyer was done coaching any of the times that he said he was done coaching. And I, I don't believe Jacksonville will be his last spot. I no, think absolutely he's going to fail. And much like Steve Spurrier and much like Nick Saban, he is going to go back to a place because his ego must be fed. And he's going to be back in college at some point in time. Maybe after a couple of years with Jacksonville, three, four years, he'll be back at a college. Just, yeah, just like Spurrier And he'll did. do well, too. Yeah, he will. Absolutely. Because he can control the narrative. He can control players. He can hire racists. And, and he'll explain to the team, this is really a good guy. Give him a chance. And, and those college players will do that. Mm. NFL, they won't do that. So but, you can go to Central Michigan if you want. Fire up. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be intrigued to see how that, that works out because it is – I remember, and, and again, here we were talking about those Cowboy teams of the early 90s. There were people that thought that Jimmy was going to flame out. Jimmy – Terry, you could probably speak to this better than I can. Jimmy got the locker room. Jimmy was a guy that you talked to all those guys. Jimmy knew exactly what was going on in the NFL, what exactly was going on in that NFL locker room, and could differentiate between what was happening in an NFL locker room and a college. That's why Jimmy Johnson worked. Right. And, and Jimmy Johnson, at the time, players thought he was cool. You know, he had the hair that didn't move, and he would, he would, he would let players do what they want to do. Because here's what fans want. They want a coach that comes in here and motherfucks everybody and is tough. And Jimmy Johnson wasn't like that. Mm-mm. He's like, guys, what's up? And here's, here's the thing the Lions have not understood. And Jimmy Johnson understood. These guys are not employees. These guys are not his players. They're partners. You have to treat players as partners if you want to win. If you want to stick your foot on their neck, yeah, you can do that too. But you're not going to win. Uh, unless you build Belichick. He's kind of – and you know what? Not even Bill Belichick. He needs Tom Brady. So when you look at New England, everybody says, well, it's Bill Belichick. No, no, it was Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a partner with Robert Kraft. He was a partner with Belichick until the end. So their best players are partners with ownership. They're partners with coaches. It's not a situation where I can tell you anything I want I can treat you less than a man. It just doesn't work. But Jimmy Johnson, he understood that from day one. You know what? It, it, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but I, I go back to the first day of Matt Patricia. On, honest to God, Terry, uh, it was – we all should have seen it that first day. Like, mm-hmm. And some of us probably did. I won't speak for you. We all, we all should have seen it because the way he went off on those guys – 
that first day of camp, that doesn't fly. It just it doesn't fly, and they, they didn't respond, and we saw it that first game. Right. I know better than you know. I've got the power. I'm going to will will the power on you. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No and you listen to me because I've been there and you haven't. That doesn't work unless you are the head coach who has won those rings. Belichick, Belichick uh, not Belichick, but uh, Patricia tried to be somebody he wasn't. And when he got the job, first thing I was told by my NFL people, he cannot come in trying to be Bill Belichick. It's a big mistake. If he does that, he's going to lose that locker room. And that's exactly what happened. Because that locker room was accustomed to a guy treating him with respect. I'm talking about Jim Caldwell. A guy that gave players ownership in in what was going on. He wasn't the perfect coach. But when you come in and try to tear that apart and be the exact opposite in that locker room, it wasn't going to work. It may have worked somewhere else. It wasn't going to work here. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and you know what? I'll tell. I don't know how many conversations you had with him. I thought Matt had a great personality. I, I saw Matt away from football because he, he lived not too far away from me. Mm-hmm. There were times I wanted Matt. Be like this. Like, you're a likable guy. You know, he's the big, jolly guy and everything. He's got, he's got a nice personality and everything. He just, he had that he had that facade that I guess in his mind he had to keep up with the facade. Right. See, I never saw that side of him. See, I didn't get to know him mm-hmm. as well as other people. Um, so I, I didn't see that side. I just saw the dick side. Mm. And that just was not going to work. But I, I understand that's what fans want. Fans want somebody that's come in. I'm the toughest guy in the room. But it just doesn't work in sports. It works in college sports. But for the most part, it doesn't work in the NBA. doesn't work in uh, baseball. doesn't work in football. It's not even working in the NHL anymore. No, not at all. Ask Mike Bob Babcock. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that just uh, – he, he is uh, – he's got a really bad name right now. I'm not sure he'll rehabilitate that. i got to be honest with you. He can't change? Yeah. I don't think he can. I, I'm I'm he's done. I, I'm being honest with you. Um, McCarty and I had a good conversation about this. His sorry, not sorry, kind of told me that he can't change. Right. Because it, it was it was a sorry, not sorry. There's no other way to say that. And I'm going to say the same. Mike Babcock away from the rink is awesome. I, I really like Mike Babcock. I really, truly, um, I, I don't think he can change. I, I think his... His belief in himself and the belief that in the way that he does things, um, he I got the impression, and I'm sure you saw his sorry, not sorry. I got the impression that he almost 
cast himself is I'm the victim light. And I know yeah. McCarty felt that way too. And that's what said to me, okay, it's, he's, he's never going to get it. But that's what happens when I, you have that much. I'm smarter than everybody else. Y'all don't get it. I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to treat you less than a man because this is good for you. You'll realize that later on after we win championships. But then when you fracture that locker room, it's hard to get it back. You know how this works better than anybody as, as a journalist. I think for years, people were afraid to speak out about Mike Babcock. And then what happens is when your great success becomes further and further and further in your rearview mirror, mm-hmm. all of a sudden guys kind of feel, okay, maybe he's not wielding the power that he did even right. a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Right. So if you remember how it happened, a couple guys started to chirp and, and some big name players. And then pretty much everybody started to chirp. And right. then when you <laughs> didn't win, when everybody thought he was going to go to Toronto and have all that success, when you didn't, when you not only didn't win, but quite frankly, you failed miserably. That was just a powder keg waiting to erupt. And it, and it was one thing was going to set it off. And his list that he did with a young player was what set it off. And, and I, my understanding is from a lot of people that I know, he is. Um, there's a level of toxicity with him right now, and nobody's going to take a chance on him anytime soon. Well, maybe he needs uh, a coming to Jesus meeting in the NFL. Maybe they need to send him somewhere like Winnipeg or Calgary. This kind of out of the way. I'm not saying those teams don't want to win, but put him away from something where you're humbled a little bit. Yeah, you're not in Toronto, you're not in Detroit, you're not in Boston, you're not in New York. You are in the middle of nowhere. And maybe maybe that might wake him up. Who knows? It might. Uh, Stephen brought up about the partnership. That's that was a great perspective that you brought up, Terry. He said that's where Houston went wrong. Deshaun wanted partnership, and and besides that, they told him he'd have partnership, and then he didn't have partnership. Yeah, they didn't give it's it to gone. him. Just give it to him. It's gone. He's Deshaun Watson. Yep. Yep. Uh, a couple of other comments. Uh, let's see. I could listen to Terry all day. Such good takes. I agree. Uh, Richard said Babcock is terrible based on what has been said uh, about them. His reputation went from, Terry, you said it, the smartest guy in the room, the smartest guy in the league, to, okay, we we just can't hire Mike Babcock. Right. I mean, that, and, and it happened overnight. You, know, really you know who else was like that? Doug Collins. All the success that Phil Jackson had should have been Doug Collins. But Doug Collins, to me, was a brilliant coach, very good coach. But he was an asshole. He was mean as players. Uh, th- those guys, they, when I was kind of covering the pistols, they couldn't wait to tell me what Doug Collins did that day. No kidding. Couldn't wait. And um, it was usually stuff that was bad. Now, if he had just been normal and just coached and not rub brothers on the back of their head and treat them like boys – he may have made it in this league. You know, people forget, just in case you, you don't remember this, but, you know, the, the Bulls uh, made it to the conference finals, the Eastern Conference finals with Doug Collins. They fired a coach that took them to the Eastern Conference right. finals. Think about that. Jordan didn't like him. Yeah, if, if that isn't poison, I don't know what is, man. That's crazy. I, I remember there was a, a time when um, the bad boys were gone and Jordan and Pippen were still together, kind of on the tail end. And... Um, and Michael Jordan just goes on one of these tears. And he knows nobody on the Pistons can stop him. We all know there's nobody on the Pistons that can stop him. 
But Doug calls the timeout and screams at somebody. You can't stop this guy? No, he's Michael Jordan. Yeah, I can't <laughs> stop him. I'm I'm like the 400th best player in the league. No, I'm not going to stop him. So anyway, Jordan and Pippen were doing like this to each other. Said, look at this. Look at this fool going off. He said, and, you know, Jordan, he just kind of like, yeah, all the, none of these scrubs are going to stop me. What are you talking about? Oh, and they just made fun of Doug in the middle of the game. And uh, but that's that's who he was. And uh, I, I still say he's a very good coach. But when he was winning 50 games, I was calling for him to fire him. Because this is about to run off the rails real quick. And when it does, we're going to have a Latrell Sprewell situation here with the Pistons because of Doug Collins. And you almost had it. That's what you told me. Yes. That's Terry a great, Mills. That's a great story. Terry Mills almost did it. Just a nice guy, too. He's very nice. Very nice. Now, how did I find that out? You know who told me that? Terry Mills. It wasn't like I had to go through a source or a third person. He told me, yeah, I was going to hit that. I was going to hit him right in the eye. I, I don't get it. I, I don't. You know what it is? I mean, and we see it now more than ever. Um, the smartest guy in the room mentality. It, it really is. I mean, they, they, the guys, I always talk about it like with, with Joyke, and, and I know he, he likes Coach Lombardi. Coach Lombardi was a guy that came here, much like when Marty, uh, or excuse me, Rod Marinelli was the head coach here. No, 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 it doesn't matter what the talent is. My, my system, don't worry about it. And, and it's like, put the round peg in the square, in the square uh, peg, put the square peg in the round, doesn't matter, doesn't mean talent when i hear these guys talking about talent that that again that warms my heart talking about building a roster not what my scheme can do for you what you can do for what we want to do here That's right. it Just starts lower, with the players lower the pad level and we'll win <laughs> it was real i mean those were real conversations that happened here it's insane when you think about it right Ay, ay, ay. Um, listen, we're going to take a quick um, segue here. Uh, Art, you want to take a quick break before we get into Michigan? Let's let's do that, but we got to get into Michigan. Um, hey, listen, Jawan Howard is, is doing great things. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. Um, by a lot of people's account, probably a couple years at least earlier than they thought he would, if ever. I think what happened yesterday maybe isn't getting enough love. And quite frankly, and I know I've said this on the show, and that's why I want to hit Terry up and see what he, th- he th- thinks. I don't think what they're doing right now is getting enough love. This is a great story developing right in front of our eyes. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what Michigan did yesterday in knocking off Wisconsin. Um, want to tell you also about my bookie because no matter the sport or season, you can always win big now with my bookie. Now I'm talking nonstop action, 365 days a year. You can choose from thousands of lines on the NBA, NHL, UFC, and more. The winning never ends when you play at my bookie. They truly have something for everybody, and absolutely nobody does prop bets like my bookie you can get in on the action from everything celebrity divorce the winner of the all valley karate tournament yes you can really bet on that march madness is coming up we're going to talk about michigan basketball in a little bit so start building your bankroll now but you got to start here do yourself a favor get that head start sign up today with promo code woodward and get your first deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks that is free cash credited to your account instantly 
on top of your deposit. The best part is you always have access to the action, whether you're at home or on the go. Visit mybookie.ag today and use promo code Woodward to grab yourself a deposit bonus. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. Terry Foster sitting in for Joy Bell. I'm Sean Belegian. So glad you could join us. Snowy Monday. Be safe out there. Glad you're here. Woodward Sports. I'm looking to bring on another HVAC tech right now. We are recruiting five to 10 techs a month. We're looking to grow and expand. Every new tech we hire is from Northwestern Tech. The hands-on training is fantastic. They're always my first call. We love hiring Northwestern Tech grads. They come out trained and ready to work. Our program is only 10 and a half months, and our next classes are starting soon. So why wait? I'm looking to hire. I'm looking to hire. Hire a graduate of Northwestern Tech. Northwestern Tech. Northwestern Tech. Northwestern Tech. You know, one of the things that I loved in recent years, um, and and this is just one man's opinion. I I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I think they did it on purpose, Terry, is at the tail end of the previous regime with Coach Beeline and Michigan basketball. Do you remember they came out with the T-shirt that said, do more, say less? Yes, I remember that. They had a bunch of them. Something along that lines, right? Personally, I thought that that was a shot across the bow of the SS Harbaugh. I really did. I, I, I honestly, I felt that way, and and I was surprised that more Michigan fans didn't like go. Yeah, wait a second. Why are we talking so much about what Harbaugh isn't doing, and we aren't talking more about what Beeline is doing? Um, Juwan Howard to come in here and do as he's done in such a quick amount of time. Um, Terry, I'll ask you. It doesn't surprise me because, honestly, I thought from day one I thought it was a perfect hire. I, re- I really, truly did. I can explain why. But are, are you a bit surprised at where they're at right now? Uh, that they're in first place? No. Um, I thought he was the right hire for this reason. Um, and let me tell you, I live in a Spartan family. Mm-hmm. And when Juwan Howard was announced as coach. They were just ha ha ha. What is they? What are they doing? They're just hiring a guy that they like and blah blah. Here's what I knew about Juwan Howard, and people don't know this. He's a nerd. He's a little book nerd. Puts on his little glasses and he reads a lot. And what they did with him in Miami is they put him under the tutelage of Eric Spolstra and uh, and Pat Riley, and they tucked him away and they taught him basketball. They taught him how to be a coach, even in his last. I would say three or four years as a player. He was learning. He was that, – that was their thing. So they, they, Miami was going to produce a coach, and it was going to be Juwan Howard. So when he got the opportunity, I said, oh, this dude needs to go to Michigan because uh, I didn't think they would hire him because of the whole Fab Five fiasco, though, that they would lump him in with Chris Webber and, and uh, the boosters stuff and everything. But Juwan Howard stayed out of that. I'm not saying he didn't get any money, but – for the most part, he was out of that whole fray. And they were getting a guy who's a Michigan guy. I hate to use that phrase. But they're also getting a guy who's a little bookworm and would introduce things in that program that they had never experienced before. And not, and not to mention recruiting. Juwan Howard can tell you, I'm going to get you into the NBA. So, guys, okay, I'll go there. And so I thought he was the perfect hire. My little Spartan family's not laughing anymore. Uh, they're like, oh, maybe he is pretty good. But that, that's why I liked him because um, I just knew the bubble in which he was under in Miami that they were going to produce a coach 
Jawan Howard basically said, yeah, I want this. And they said, we're going to give this to you. So if you're learning under Pat Riley, I don't care who you are. I'm going to hire you. You're a smarter man. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did, Terry, I felt the exact same. Like day one, and even, even I think people know which side of the fence I'm on, I, I was, look out. I mean, he gets it. He is a guy that, you know, we have mutual friends. I'll leave it at that. Everybody talk about what a character guy he was in the mid-90s while he was still at Michigan. There were a lot of things that were going on that he had nothing to do with. I mean, he, he's a good guy by, by all accounts. And um, this was the perfect timing for him. It, the, the question is, I guess for me, is did we know it'd be this good? You know, I mean, this good, this fast is, is kind of like, this is well, a team before, that can go win. Before we go nuts, all right. let's let there be some um, staying power. I mean, last year wasn't the greatest year. It was a good year. But now we've got a weird year with COVID where there's a lot of programs who are struggling. And Michigan is one of those teams that's struggling with it, too. They hadn't played in three weeks. It's incredible. But um, they took their lumps. They were tired. Uh, I was reading stories where, you know, you got that, that feeling in your, in your lungs. Well, your lungs are down here. You get that feeling in your lungs like, oh, damn. I'm, I got, and they got through that, and they beat Wisconsin, which is a tough win. Uh, on the road, Wisconsin is a good team, but uh, we need staying power because uh, we need to see if they if they're going to win a Big Ten tournament. We need to see if they're going to make Final Fours. Uh, so what's happening is great, but you need staying power before we say okay, everything is cool. So let's let's see how this season plays out. And the other thing is. Um, does Michigan even play in the Big Ten tournament this year because of COVID? Now, there's an interesting, uh, I saw a poll that somewhere between 25 to 30% of college coaches said that they don't want their team playing in their conference tournament because of COVID. Hmm. That they're afraid that it's more opportunity to catch it. Uh, all these teams are going to be under uh, a same bubble, and somebody may already have it, and that you could spread it around in a small circle so they don't want they don't even want to play their conference tournament if you're already telling me i'm a number one or a number two seed or a top four seed i don't need to play michigan state needs to play in the conference tournament illinois probably man maybe not illinois but wisconsin probably needs to play in that conference tournament to show that they can get into the tournament um so it's going to be real interesting to see what's going to happen and plus the other thing is when you look at college basketball, does anybody remember who won the regular season Big Ten title? Heck no. For the most part, no. No. So if they win it and then flame out in the tournament, then all of a sudden the season is a, is a failure. So I need a little more staying power. I need to see a little bit more. And um, the other thing why he's not getting a love is basketball. Michigan is a football school. And uh, I mean, you, you know the improvements they made to Chrysler? None of that was going to happen until they fixed the big house. Mm -hmm. The big house had to have the luxury suites, had to have the new scoreboards, different lightings, better amenities, and they just let Chrysler sit there. And from talking to people there, basketball was bitching about walking a quarter of a mile to, uh, for, for practice. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, yeah, we'll hook you up when this football stadium is hooked up. Until that happens, 
Walk your quarter of a mile and shut up. We don't want to hear from you. How real was the frustration with John Beeline? Uh, I'm sure you've heard all the rumors out there. People thought that uh, a lot of the decision was based on he knew that he was only going to be this his entire time at Michigan and everything. Is there more validity to that than people want to give credence to? I thought the financial part was a problem. Beeline wanted some money, and he didn't portray himself as a guy that wanted to get paid, but he want, everybody wants to get paid. Sure. So that's, that's why he went to the NBA. And then he was like, okay, I can't stand this. I can't handle this. I'm out. So which, by the way, um, a lot of college coaches are trying to get that big NBA paycheck. Tom Izzo thought about it. But I think Tom Izzo realized what would have happened. He would have been John Beeline. Yep. He wouldn't have, he would have uh, yeah, he would have gotten his $8 million a year contract, but then maybe he would have been gone after a year. So I, I think any time you coach basketball at uh, Michigan, Ohio State, maybe not Florida, but you get frustrated. It's like, look what we're doing. We're doing better than the football team, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I, right. I've said it for years. I mean, really, I mean, for all the talk, and guys, whether you want to believe it or not, this goes back into the Brady Hoke era because don't forget, John Beeline uh, took them to the championship in, in 13. It, it, people, people were still talking about Brady Hoke. And, you know, by that time, by the time 13 came around, if you couldn't figure out that Brady Hoke wasn't going to work, you weren't paying attention. You know, it was, I know people finally had no choice but to accept it after 14 when they really fell flat on their face, but I, to me, Terry, Michigan basketball continues to do what Michigan football has told everybody they're going to do for 25, 20 plus years now. I mean, really, right. they have. I mean, it's, it's, you know, taking care of business in their own backyard, uh, taking care of business against their rivals, making deep runs. Now, not going and winning it all, but I'm a firm believer it starts in taking care of business in your own backyard, winning the conference, getting those high seeds and making those deep runs. And they need to beat Michigan State. Yep. Beat Michigan State, make a couple Final Fours, win a Big Ten tournament. I think that gets you started there. Uh, because way back in the day, before Michigan, before John Beeline, I, uh, I played golf with uh, Ward Manuel. And he thought that Michigan basketball could far surpass Michigan State basketball. The reason is because he said Michigan is a national brand. When you look at Michigan State's roster, for the most part, they're getting guys from Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, from the Midwest. And now and then they'll get someone from California. And, uh, but for the most part, they are a regional program. And he thought that if they got the right person in there, which probably is Jawan Howard, now they can recruit the country. They can have a couple guys from California. They can have a couple guys from Texas. Um, so then they can roll. They can compete with Duke as far as just talent is concerned. And uh, now he's got his guy in place. Let's see if it plays out. You can't – you know what's interesting about that? I mean, this is this – is, gosh, I'm going back about 10 years ago when you and I probably were privy to this conversation uh, on sports radio. Has Michigan State football passed Michigan football? That's not something that happens overnight. That is a period of years where we have to do that. I mean, I say it all the time around here. People still look at Michigan football around here and a lot of the diehards like they're something special. They haven't been special in a long time. I'm not being mean. I'm not. I mean, 
you haven't been able to win your own conference in, in 17 years. I mean, what a, you know what I mean? So I know that some of those conversations are going to happen, but let's put it this way. I, I'll talk about right now. These are two programs that look like they're going in vastly different directions on the hardwood, Terry. Make no mistake about that. Right. But once again, it could be an aberration. Uh, Michigan State has a very good recruiting. We're talking about mm-hmm. yep. they yep. have a very good recruiting class. Um, this year, I'm not going to say don't pay attention to it, but this year is just weird. Uh, there's been over a thousand college basketball games lost. Some teams have shut their programs down. Uh, Michigan shut it down for three weeks. State, I think, had to shut it down for two weeks. So this is um, a strange year. But the bottom line, they're still going to crown somebody the champion. Somebody's still going to go to the tournament, and somebody's still going to win it. So I think you can. I don't think. I think it's dangerous to make long-term assessments by what happens this year. Celebrate what you're doing, but don't say, well, this is going to be the case next year or the year after no, or whatever. Agreed. So it's just a weird year. Obviously, none of us have ever seen this. Yeah. It, it, there has been so much world turned upside down. I remember talking to my son in 2008 and, um, or 2009, and, and I had said to my son, I've never watched – Michigan State beat Michigan two years in a row in football. And he looked at me, and he kind of did one of these, like, mm-hmm. all right, Dad, you mess with me a lot. Are you messing with me? And I said, son, I have never watched Michigan State beat Michigan two years in a row in football. I've never, I've never seen it. So, you know, when they won that game in overtime, and then, like, then they did it again in 2010. Then they did it again in 2011. And then you have Michigan State winning multiple Big Ten titles – and going to a playoff in Michigan struggling. It, it really was a world right. turned upside down. Like, my son is 18. He expects Michigan State to beat Michigan. Because I, I would tell him about back in the day how they used to just mollywop yep. Michigan State, I make fun of them, smack them around. And he was like, really? I said, yeah. But I have to understand, I'm 60-something, he's 18. Yep. So what he sees... It's like this list last year when everybody said, well, Michigan is going to beat Michigan State and, you know, it's not going to be close. He's like, well, why is everybody saying that? Well, because they think it's going to return to the new world order. Yeah. So he expected Michigan State to win that game, and they did. But, um, but when, you, when you're older and you look at the brand, you look at the Block M and say, that's power. Yep. And uh, – but – if you're 17 or 18, you're thinking, okay, what have I seen recently? I've seen State beat them more than they've beaten Michigan. I've seen Ohio State dominate this conference. I've seen Wisconsin do more. I've seen Penn State do more. So I'm putting them in my basket of places I might go. When I was, I covered Michigan for a, a season or two. If you're a, a young guy, you thought about going to Michigan or Ohio State. Yep. And if they didn't want you, so okay, I'm going to go to Michigan State or Iowa. Now, when you open up, if you're good enough to play, you're like, okay, I'm going to look at Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin. You put them all in your basket, and you say, okay, I'm going to pick from one of those. Back in the day, you picked between one of two, yep. unless they didn't want you. Yep. 
So that's the big difference now. It's amazing, Terry. I'm a firm believer, and, and again, I think this is a generational thing. There are people out there that think somehow, some way, we're going to go back to those days of the big two and little eight. It's never, it, it's gone. It's over. That, that's, that's an era gone by based on what you just said. There, there are, you know, when you're talking about 25 across the board, you know, it's not, oh, Hayden's doing some cute things at Iowa, so maybe I'll go to Iowa. No, that, that's, it's in a bowl. It's, all right, you know what? I kind of like what Purdue's done the last. Maybe I'll go over to Purdue. Hey, you know what? I I I like what I like what Mel Tucker's doing. You know, people thought State was going to fall off the the map after after Coach Antonio kind of flamed out. I like what he's doing. It it wasn't like that when when we were younger. Absolutely, positively not. Right. It's been a different world for twenty plus years now. It has, but you know, we need to wake up and realize that sports has changed. I, I fall into that trap sometimes. I still think it's nineteen seventy one. And I have to smack myself and say, no, it's not. Things have changed. When you look at Mel Tucker, he's getting guys he's using the transfer portal. He's losing a lot of guys, but he's getting a lot of guys yep. too. Yep. And he's he's getting guys that I'm surprised that that's going to state, but I have to understand it's not 1971. This is 2021, and uh, so things are just different. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, tell Terry, glad to hear, see him again. Uh, by the way, nice job on the barbecue, Sean. Watch it all the time. Uh, Terry's gonna come over for one of the barbecues. I, I'm gonna he if is. I if I'm not. Yes. Hey, I'm gonna be pissed off. No, you, I, you you you. Let's wait till that weather gets nice, my friend. When I. When I when I saw that show for the first time, I said, this motherfucker better have me on his show. If he's not, we're going to have problems. I've heard a lot about your ribs, and uh, I, I, I want to, you know, don't My give up all good. your secrets. Don't give all of them up. You can, you can keep a couple in your back pocket. Like, you were telling me a little bit about a pecan, Rob, that now, now my mind's wandering. <laughs> I've, I've been, that's been on my mind for about an hour and a half. I'm not going to lie to you. You've got to mix it with the Memphis rub, too. It's good. What talking about, right? You know, I, you know what? You don't need no damn sauce. You do them right. No, no. no you don't no. need no damn sauce. If, unless you're a kid, then they always want sauce. That's like ice cream to them. But, you know, people always ask me, what sauce do you put on your ribs? I said, none. None. It's just that flavor just hits you, that smoke. And you know, you know who makes me mad? My wife. When I make my ribs... She starts on it. She says, oh, I see red in there. I said, baby, that's called a smoke ring. Wake up. I can't have you going around talking about the ribs are raw. They're not raw. That's a smoke ring, baby. Every time I cook these babies, they're going to be on there. And then she eats them and says, oh, yeah, that's right. These aren't raw. I'm like, duh. Isn't that, see, look at look who chimed in. Our our, our buddy, uh, the butcher, uh, my, my partner, Dave, from uh, the butcher. He goes, teach me, T. <laughs> Maz always asks where the sauce is. No, you don't need to. You do it right. You don't need no sauce. No, no. Maz is a cute guy, but he's a sloppy little guy. He likes to get sauce all over his shirts and everything. But but, but you know what? Hey, 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 since we're bringing up meat, it's like steak. If you make a good steak, guess what you don't need? A1. You don't need A1. Right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You put A1 on, if you, you take a bite of the steak and say, oh my, this is not very good. Or what's that, the, the Heinz 57 sauce? Tell me that. <clears throat> no. If you messed up the steak, then you put A1 on it. If yeah. you did it right... Don't need it. Now, you know what? I like a little zip sauce occasionally. Sometimes give me a little give me a, a, a little zip sauce to add a, a little more sodium or something like that. But I'm with you. If, I, if I'm looking at that beauty at medium rare, and I'm a medium rare guy, if I'm looking at that, I don't want to disrespect that piece of meat. I, that, that's disrespect to that piece of meat. That piece of meat did great work going to medium rare right there for me. Why am I gonna put some sauce? But on? not being a brother, I can't do medium rare. You can't do medium. No, we don't. We don't he do. He that up before. I nah, say. Nah. <laughs> There's that skit on Saturday Night Light Night Live. If I see one speck of red, it's going back to the kitchen. <laughs> now I'm not like that, but I need at least medium to medium well. I can't do the medium rare. I can't. Um, I just. It's just not in our MO. Now, Steve brought this up. Steve said, I love Montreal seasoning on my steak. See, you can do that. When you're going on the grill, I don't have any problem with you put whatever you want in there. You know, don't douse it. You know, wh- whether it be a Montreal or, or, or whether it be, you know, what, whatever you want to put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do that. Some people almost do the Texas thing, T. And you know what? I'm just going to put a bunch of pepper on there. To me, it's like, well, give me eight hours. I'll make you a damn brisket. But yeah, oh, th- th- there's a difference between putting a little seasoning on there while it cooks. Yeah, you got to dry and, rub and it. some sauce. Yeah, you got to absolutely, absolutely. I have no problem with that. In fact, that's the fun of it because you're trying to figure out what is going to make this piece of meat great. Yep. If I just stick it on there, it's going to be good. But I want to make it great. I want to make you go, mmm, good. So what? What do what? It's kind of like being the mad professor. What seasonings am I going to mix together to make this thing great? I got to You know what? I got to have you come over when when uh, we do our next steak day because uh, the chef again, uh, my my partner on the the Woodward uh, Sports Smoke Show makes a mean steak. Not only is he a butcher, but he was a chef. He, I, Terry, I'm not joking. The best steak I've ever had. He made me a wet aged steak, and I'm telling you, it was it was one of those things like you put it in your mouth, and you always hear meat butter. It was meat butter. Mm-hmm. It just it melted. It was like, and I looked at him. I go. Okay, cool. That's the best bite of steak I've ever had. Okay. It was just absolutely perfect. Have you ever been to Burns Steakhouse in I have Tampa? Not. No, I have not. Burns Steakhouse is really delicious. They they age their steak like, I don't know, 28, 30 days. Or so. I don't know how they do it, but when you bite into that steak, it is like butter. Yep. It's like you don't need teeth. Yep. And it's, and it's, it's in an old-looking, house-looking thing. And then, in fact, after you have your steak and uh, maybe a little drink or something— they take you up to a different room, the dessert room, and that's where you get dessert. You can't eat steak and dessert in the same room. 
Isn't that beautiful? It's against their religion. Dave goes, I love you, Sean. No, Dave, I love you because you that is the best steak I've ever had. I'm serious. So I we'll, want some. Uh, well, we're going to have a meat butter day <laughs> with Terry. Right, we'll, we'll make the deal. We'll have Terry come over. We'll get some ribs. He can do his ribs, and then we'll make some meat butter for him. Is that and cool? It can't be medium rare, though. No, I promise. Okay. Well, Dave, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to hook him up with that. Uh, speaking of food, uh, Terry, you had a great idea. I had uh, my brother in from, of all places, you just mentioned it, Tampa. And he and his uh, two children came in this past weekend. So Saturday night, I had him over the house. And the one thing that they want every time they come back home, so to speak, is they want Primo's from Livonia Pizza. Okay. That, that's what they want. And um, it's funny because you had a great question to ask everybody, and we'll do that uh, when we come back about their pizza. Because when I, when I saw you bring this up to me, Terry, I just had this discussion the other day. So I had to get three pizzas. Literally, I got three oh, wow. pizzas for like five people. I believe that because people can't agree nope, on it. Can't, can't agree can't with agree it. On it. Yeah. So we, we, we all had to make sure we were on the exact same page. Hey, with the average price for an ounce at Michigan recreational dispensers, dispensaries coming in at 300 bucks, why don't you just grow your own? With just one light, you can pull down up to 36 ounces each harvest. Now do that math and then go see our guys at Grow Green. They have everything you need to start growing today and the knowledge to make sure that you crush it mention woodward sports get yourself a free t-shirt national pizza day was just had terry's got a question for you when we come back so glad you could join us on this snowy monday it's woodward sports hey it's joey from woodward sports and i am here in downtown fan at bridge street exchange this place has so many amazing things for guys and ladies this is the hidden spot that you got to come check out i'm talking thorough good boots best boots ever they have barware they got the stormy cromer hats they got Carhartt hats, a huge Carhartt selection. They even got Snoop Dogg underwear. So go check them out, bridgestreetexchange.com, and use the code word WSN for 15% off. Terry's absolutely right. So there's a delay, right, when we're, when we're watching the stream in front of us. And, and Terry goes, so I'm watching it. It looks like you've got a mini Stanley Cup on your head. My gosh, Terry, <laughs> you're right. Like, I'm looking at it. it Look at it, it does. Maybe it's missing one of the rings, right? Maybe right. it's maybe it's missing one of the rings, but or maybe two rings. Yeah, a couple <laughs> rings. Maybe they got dented at a Red Wing Stanley Cup party and they had to bring it back to the NHL. It's, it's amazing how many people didn't know that story. It was it was kind of funny. Like afterwards, people were like, "Did that really happen?" I was like, "Ask McCarty." And it's funny because Darren didn't even know the full story about it. Darren was like, "Really? We had to go get it fixed?" Yes, you had to go get it fixed. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You asked a question. Last week, it was National Pizza Day. I mean, who doesn't love pizza, right? And love everybody's it. got their go-to. I, you know, gun to the head, what's your favorite pizza? It's, it's, it's a tough question for anybody to ask. But you asked a very important question. What's... What, what, if we're ordering pizza, what must you have on your pizza? Because uh, the wife and I, we ordered a pizza on National Pizza Day, and we agreed on all the ingredients. We went with uh, pepperoni, mm -hmm. mushroom, green peppers, red onions, not the white onions, but the red onions, and uh, that was it. But now I'm getting into the banana peppers. I love banana peppers. They're kind of tart, and I don't know what that, that flavor is, but I'm, I've been putting that on my pizza. That's a good lately. flavor. Yeah. Hey, so pepperoni, 
mushroom, green pepper, and red onion. Red onion. That's a good pie. Yeah. That's a good pie. And sometimes I put on green peppers, but people don't like green peppers as much. I'm, I'm going to say the A word that I, I literally think one other human being likes. I like anchovy. I, I never get it because nobody else likes it. But I do. Anchovy and a pizza is unbelievable. I'm not. No I, joke. It's I'll tell you what's good. Speaking of seafood, sometimes I get pizza with clams on it. That is delicious. Uh, Pizzeria Biga, they have a pizza. It, it has... Um, Obviously, the cheese on it and the sauce, but it has a little bit of bacon, and it has whole clams on it. It's delicious. You like clams? I love clams. Yeah. Talk to me. Oh, ba- brother, you'll like this. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard said Jets barbecue pizza. Dave said sausage and onion. I am, if you're asking me what I, I'm a double pepperoni guy. I love oh, double you, pepperoni. You love your meat. Yeah, I lo- I double pepperoni. I, that that's. Um, when we got pizzas the other night, um, one pizza was double pepperoni, uh, one pizza was pepperoni and mushroom, and then another one we got a just cheese pizza, which I think is an absolute waste of time. It is. I don't know how anybody could get a just cheese pizza. My kids used to do that. I used to yell at them. I, what, how do you order a cheese pizza? This is, but they do that in New York. I, I don't get it. I, you got, you got to put something on there, but... If you're making an ultimate pizza, I think Terry has a, a great question. You're making an ultimate pizza. What do you put on your pizza? The the ultimate pizza. Now, I've had some of those, like, like there comes a time, even for a guy like me, who is absolutely a carnivore, if you're trying to put too much meat on the pizza, it's taking away from the pizza. Right. You know, it's like, okay, well, now that I have my side, my appetizer of meat here, and all the little pieces of sausage, so or you're bacon, not the, the meat bo- lovers guy. No, not, it's too much. It is. It's too much. I, it's it's when it's fallen all over the place. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, double pepperoni, maybe pepperoni and bacon, pepperoni and sausage. But I want a good, I want a good live sausage. You know you, what I you mean? Know, you know what pizza is good that maybe few people have had. Uh, I think the place Supinos. Oh, it's great. Uh, downtown Eastern Market Eastern yep. Market great pizza it's the uh, dark turkey meat pizza ooh that's really good ooh alright okay I'll try that you should try that Sean said Sean who spells his name the right way sausage green pepper and bacon Lynn said Terry try bacon red onion and banana peppers okay that's that's Steve said anchovies and clams are disrespecting pizza you know, it's one of those things you don't know until you try it. That is true. I, I um, my mom and I, uh, mom really loves seafood. Maybe twice a year, we used to go to Pizza Popolis for their seafood pizza, and it had uh, clams, shrimp, something else. I don't know what it was, but it was delicious. Now it didn't have the bite of the pepperoni. But it was good. And I'm not saying it was better for you because there's still a bunch of cheese and crusts you have to deal with. But it was a, it was a nice change of pace. If you put some Cajun shrimp on there for me, I, that, I think that would be unique. Because I, I, love, I love shrimp, but you know when you give me a good Cajun shrimp, that little kick of Cajun on there with a pie, ooh. I'm sure that's a – I'm ashamed to admit, but I'm not a spicy guy. Not at all? I can't take – I'm a worm boy. I just melt. I go, oh. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. Like, I can't eat um, wings with medium sauce. It's got to be mild or 
honey barbecue or sweet barbecue. Medium, I can't take it. You like spicy garlic? Is that too, is that too intense yeah, for you? Too, that's too much yeah. for me. When I was younger, uh, the, the guys with the smoke show make fun of me. When I was younger, I was one of those guys... I wanted to try the hottest wings, and we'd laugh at people, mm. try our suicide wings, and we'd sit there, me, man, ha, <laughs> I eat. At some point in time, I think you're just being an ass. Like, there has to be, if you want to punch me, punch me, but there has to be flavor. You know what? And I think more often than yeah. not, some of these sauces just don't have flavor. You're, you're just trying to be an ass and right. burn somebody's mouth. And I, to me, you've got to find do, that do happy you know medium. you are punishing? Who? You're punishing your lips and yep. your tongue. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. Uh, somebody said spicy takes a toll on the stomach. Uh, Grammy Whammy said double cheese. Garrett said triple cheese. Oh, my God. Uh, Steve said too much meat on your pizza usually means too much grease. I'm good with pepperoni and green peppers. Maybe a little bacon on it, too. That's why I don't, I don't like the meat pizza. Everybody's like, wait, you? I, no, it's, it, it, there, there's a point where but sometimes it's too much. But you do double pepperoni. What yeah, are you talking about? When you put the pepperoni, the bacon, the sausage, and like the ground beef on there, and that's what like the, the meat pizza is, there's just, that's that meat overload. The pepperoni's just right. The double pepperoni. Oh, because it's skinny. It's just, yeah, it's just a little. And sometimes it turns into a bowl with that little cup oh, of yeah, grease that's, in it. Oh, yeah, that's good. I do shots of grease, right? <laughs> it's a little shots of grease for everybody. It's you know a, what you might, you, you might want to try? I've only seen it at Jets, but they have the bacon ranch chicken pizza. I tried that, and it was delicious. Ranch. They they don't put the um, the red sauce on it. It's it's ranch. No kidding. Yes. It's I love it. Have you guys ever had it? Bacon ranch chicken. Chicken. And it's Jets. It's Jets. All right. Get it? I have a feeling I know what's for dinner tonight, T. I, right. I, you know what? I might make a little <laughs> run to Novi Road and uh, might, might visit my local Jets. Uh, pepperoni, authentic Italian sausage, red onion, fresh mushrooms, and jalapenos. Now, right. I would like that. You would be out, right? Just because of the jalapenos. Just because of the jalapenos? I could put one on a slice maybe. And, but other than that, I'm just a worm boy when it comes to spice. See, I'm with Kevin. This goes back. I want a real sausage. Sometimes, you know, you, you go to some places. I'm not going to name any names, Little Caesars. That's not, <laughs> that's not, like, that's not Italian sausage. No, it's that's not. That's, like, not, it's mystery meat. I don't know. Seriously, I don't, did, was that something you found in, in the alley? And you decided, all right, we're going to put this on the pizza today. I want, like, the authentic Italian sausage that looks like, Terry, we had a barbecue, and we cut our sausages in half, and then we cut them in thirds and just kind of sprinkled it. That's the sausage I want. If you're going to give me sausage, I want it to be authentic sausage. And that's all I'm going to give you, authentic. Mm. Authentic or go home. Just don't do it. Uh, Sean said you got to build your tolerance. I used to be like Terry, but now I'm just above jalapenos or shy of habanero. Habanero's awful. It's it's just... I. No, it just it, like honest. It's five minutes of misery to me. And it, how do y'all do the ghost peppers? No way. That's oh, that's brutal. that's what I had this weekend. Turn on your mic. Turn on yeah. your mic. Right. Yeah, my mic's on. You just can't hear me oh, because I can't of the glass. Hear you? Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I had uh, ghost pepper wings this weekend for the first time accidentally. It was terrible. No. Thanks, Mike Broadway. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Well, <laughs> that's not, no, no, to me, that's not, where, where did you go to get them? Uh, I was at Broadwell's watching the fights. Okay. And uh, I thought they were buffalo wings, and they weren't. And it was terrible. Why would you do that? <laughs> what? It was an accident. You know what I can't stand? The dude is just going to down a bunch of ghost pepper wings and say, I'm a man. I'm going to do another one. And they eat like five or six of them. You know they got to go to the bathroom and go, oh, what did I do? Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, see, Terry, and it was funny because you and I, this is conversations that you have. You and I were talking about this before we went on the show. I was like, did you do anything? And you were like, yeah, I did some wings a few days ago. I want to eat the wings. I want to enjoy the wings. There's nothing enjoyable when you're putting atomic ass on your wings. Right. I, there's, there's nothing enjoyable about it's that. It's crazy. But some people, some people can taste it. Not me. All I, all I feel is pain. It's pain in my mouth. Yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll take a pass. No. So Broadwell really made you ghost wings? So what had happened was was that there was buffalo wings. There was buffalo wings in the mixture, and I was like, man, I'm getting kind of hungry. He's like, I got some buffalo sauce and wings. I was like, awesome. I love buffalo. So he brings me the wings, and I took one and ate another one. And then the third one, I bit into it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of hot. But I kind of kept going because I'm an idiot. I ate the wing, and I was in misery for 40 minutes. My yeah. mouth is on fire. I can't. I'm like Terry. I can't do hot sauce. I, There's, I don't care what anybody says to you. There, when you do that, you, you don't get it back. No. Have some milk. No, 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 no. You're screwed for the next couple hours. Yeah. That's just the way it is. You're, you're, you know, it's going to be miserable. But there's some dudes, I got to be a man. I'm going to eat the ghost pepper wings. Uh, I'm going to tell my woman off. Uh... <laughs> Get a I'm going to do whatever acid. I feel like doing. Because you know why? I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. And none of y'all can do anything about it. And if you say something to me, I'll cuss you out and then kick your ass. Because I'm a man. Because <laughs> I'm a man. There's some dudes that are like that. I'm going to drive my car like I'm crazy. Because I'm a man. I'm a man. I got four-wheel drive. I'm going to knock you off the road. I don't care. See that blue beast out there? I'm going to blow by you in about 20 minutes from now. Just know that. If you're driving down Woodward and you see some jackass and a a blue (laughs) F-150, right here. I'm going to let you leave first. (laughs) (laughs) I'll lead the way for you. I'll be your lead blocker. How's that? That's fine. Because Mm -hmm. I don't do the I'm a man thing. But that's what we do. That's what fellas do. Uh, I got to go to the Mexican restaurant and order the hottest thing on the menu. Why? Because I'm a man. All right. I got to go into the bar 
And even though I'm 80 years old, I'm gonna walk up to some 20 year old thinking I can pick her up and take her home. Why? Because I'm a man. I'm a man. Right. Um, There's nothing funnier than when you morph into that creepy age and and you don't realize it because, uh, you know, now for me, being a freshly turned 50 year old, I still had some friends who were either single or went through a divorce and watching them try to go to the bars the last few years. Mm. I, I, Terry, I'm not joking. I was like, somebody has to tell you guys this. Somebody, I don't know. you guys are creepy. You're, oh, what are you talking about? I, I look great. No, dude, <laughs> you're, you're a fucking creep. You, that is you, true. You got to cut this out, man. Like if something happens where I'm single again and I have to go into the bar, I'm not talking to anybody unless she's got gray hair. <laughs> At least a couple strands of gray hair. That's all I'm going to. If she's 25, looking fine, <laughs> and she lets me talk to her, you know why? Because she wants my money, which I don't have. But she yeah, thinks yeah. I got money, so yeah, I can, I can roll this old guy because he's got to have money. But if I'm a man, I'm like, okay, baby, I know you're 25. I know you want to get with me, so let's, uh, let's kick it. No, I'm not a man. So what's up? <laughs> right? I, you can't even, come on, are you kidding me? Those days are so long gone. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Uh, Terry, you asked the question, though. If we are ordering a Little Caesars, one topping pizza, what is the topping? Pepperoni. Pepperoni, right? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Can we, is everybody, is everybody happy with pepperoni, right? It's funny. Somebody said they worked at a pizzeria growing up, and pepperoni mushroom was the um, the number one pizza. I worked at a Little Caesars for years, five in Levan and Livonia, and their their big deal at the time was a. So you know how to do this? No, oh, heck okay. no, no. You know what? It, listen, no. You know what they do? They uh, they. I don't know if they still do it the same. You got to remember, this is thirty years ago. I think the machine. Is you good. yeah, you could put you could put the piece of dough in the machine, right? Ah. And so th- there was like the square machine and the round machine. So I put the I put the piece of dough in the machine, and and then you put the cornmeal down. And what you learned is if you stretch, you just stretch the edges, then you can make the pizza fit. Does that make sense? Yes. But the guys that can do that, heck no. Um, but pepperoni, the big the big deal back then was two large pizzas this is when they were pizza pizza two large pizzas for 1205 i'll remember those numbers until the day i die honestly (laughs) pepperoni and mushroom what that was by far that was the biggest seller it wasn't it wasn't even close pepperoni and mushroom for whatever reason it was pepperoni and mushroom now if it was one topping it was pepperoni all day but it's funny that somebody mentioned that because it was we would pre-make pizzas. We were so busy on Friday. We would pre-make about 20 pizzas and just kind of put them in the cooler, knowing full well that they were going to be on the, the conveyor within 15 minutes. Okay. So before the rush started, it was always a little bit before 5. We'd have a few extra made because the pepperoni and mushroom pizzas were going to go. I, I totally believe that. Now, when I was a youngster up at Central Michigan University, we used to have a thing called uh, trash cans in the dorm. So what, the way the trash can worked is you put a trash can with a garbage bag outside your room and put pop or ice cream or something in it, and then people would pour booze into the trash can. So we would drink and get all sloshed up and, you know, have sex with the girls. Um, but I didn't because I wasn't a man. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we, we always got Little Caesars pizza. So there would be like 60 of us on the, in the dorm, and they would get like 40 Little Caesars pizza. 
most of them were just pepperoni, but the second was pepperoni and mushroom. Yeah. I but I, I tell you what, that's all we got. We either got cheese pizza, pepperoni, and pepperoni mushroom. That's it. No kidding. Yeah, I never I don't like mushroom in a pizza. Like I mean I'll eat it, but if you're giving me my druthers, I'd rather go pepperoni green pepper. I, I love green pepper on a pizza. Underrated. Okay. Green pepper. Now, green. are you anti-mushroom? I don't want to say it's anti-mushroom. I, it's just, eh. Eh. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. When, eh. when we were in Italy, it. when we were in Italy, I, was, I wanted some mushroom on my pizza. You couldn't get it. You had to order funghe or funghe or something like that. That was mushroom in Italian. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Is and it like the real big mushrooms? It's, I don't know. It's a mushroom. Man. Yeah. Whatever it looks like. Yeah. Now, uh, Wojo and I were over there for the Olympics and, um. We were dying for a pepperoni pizza. Couldn't get it. And so we go to this restaurant and we see what we thought was pepperoni pizza. So he ordered one for himself and I ordered one for myself. And then we come back and there's all these peppers, red peppers, green peppers, yellow peppers. And we're like, where's the pepperoni? She said, oh, no, no, no. It's peppers only. And we were so upset. Like, you got to be kidding. I don't want this. I want pepperoni. They they're like, they don't they don't dig they don't have pepperoni. See, you know what? See, now you bring up. I, I like prosciutto on there. I like mm-hmm. you know some of the the exotic Italian meats. That's that's a good pie. Most people don't want to be adventurous. Maybe it's because they're men. Going back with your theme. I mean, me man, <laughs> me not eat prosciutto on my pizza. It's great, you know. Hey, dude. One time I'm in France, and uh, they just sell pizza by the slices. And I mean. You're not going to get a pepperoni pizza. You're not going to get a mushroom pizza. I got a pizza that I, I thought I could tolerate. It had tuna fish and uh, egg on it. And not scrambled egg, but the runny egg. I ate it. And it was pretty good. No kidding. Yeah. I'll and, try it. Yeah, well, only when you're in France. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it. Don't try it over here. I'll, I'll try, I can try that. Yeah, most people feel that way, but I mean, I, I wouldn't order anchovy on my. If you guys were coming over, well, nobody else is going to eat anchovy. But you so, will. Oh, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, I've been, <clears throat> I've been known a couple times over the past few years to, you know, get that pie while I'm watching a game. It's just for me. And all right, can I get pepperoni and anchovy? And my my family will look at it and ew, and they'll do all that. <laughs> but you're going to try my clam pizza. I will try. It. Oh, okay. absolutely, all I right. will. I will absolutely. Uh, all right, I know we got just a couple minutes left. Uh, something that we're going to do uh, all month long. Uh, I, I still can't believe it's like February fifteenth, man, and th- months half over. Uh, but with it being Black History Month, we're going to end the show. Uh, with videos this year chronicling uh, something different. Art, I know you told me a couple hours ago what the video was today, but you have to remember I'm an old man and my memory isn't what it used to be. So what what is the video on today? Yeah, the video is on the uh, Tulsa race riots. Okay. Yeah, horrible. That, oh, yeah, that, I, I remember seeing something about that. Yeah, that, that, well, it, you know, and it's funny because the one thing that I've talked to Joyke about, there are so many things that happen that, like, you never even heard about that's something i heard about like a couple years ago right like black what? history is suppressed in this country one thousand percent like i went to school in detroit they didn't teach us one thousand and one thousand percent if you don't think black history is suppressed there are stories like maybe you can be educated today the tulsa race riots that you just huh what 
that that's a thing that happened yeah i, I always feel guilty because i have to learn my black history from white people because <laughs> they didn't teach us <laughs> i'm like really they did that to us i'll be writing it down well, really gosh that's terrible uh terry it was great being with you today man you i'm too. looking forward we to doing to this do with this, you Monday. Uh, 25 years ago yeah we were supposed to literally literally right around this time of year too uh as i remember 2001 yeah, we, we were supposed to hit it literally is 20 years ago, right around this time of year. Happy anniversary. <laughs> There's a life lesson for you kids out there. Uh, Terry and I live that today, but we'll, we'll let you figure it out on your own. Uh, Art, always a pleasure. Thank you. I know Joyke will be back tomorrow. Fish, thanks for everything you do. Uh, Terry will be back on Thursday. As a matter of fact, you're you're with the guys in the morning. I'll be in the morning. Thursday. And he always sticks around with us too. It's always if great you to allow have Terry me. In. I don't want to, you know, Terry, assume stuff. Carte blanche. Carte right, blanche. Cool. There's no doubt about that. In the meantime, listen, be safe. I, I I hate when people tell you what to do, but I'm gonna tell you what to do. Be safe out there, including heroes like me flying down the road. We're getting a lot of snow. It's Michigan. Just be safe out there. Hopefully we'll all see you all tomorrow. Uh, but Art, in the meantime, let's go to that video. Peace. In the early 1900s, an oil boom in Oklahoma made Tulsa a real estate magnet. Unwelcome in the city's downtown, enterprising black entrepreneurs built up the neighborhood of Greenwood into a booming community. Sadly, the Negro Wall Street, as it was called then, would become the casualty of fraught race relations. In May of 1921, a young black man entered an elevator where a young white woman was the elevator operator. They were in the elevator alone and someone heard her scream. He was accused of accosting her. The young man was arrested and taken to the courthouse for holding. When black Tulsans in Greenwood heard that a lynch mob of white people was gathering at the courthouse, they headed there to defend the young man. In the middle of a tense standoff, a single gunshot rang out. The residents of Greenwood retreated, but that didn't end the tension. The next day, thousands of white people descended, looting Greenwood's businesses and setting fire to homes. Black residents fought back. The National Guard arrived, imposed martial law, then arrested nearly half of Greenwood's population. This became known as the Tulsa Race Riot, one of the most violent race riots in our nation's history. The young man was released from the courthouse after the riots ended. The charges against him were dropped when the elevator operator failed to appear at court. Shockingly, nearly 80 years would pass before an official report would be commissioned. The report found that more than 1,200 homes had been burned and it estimated that up to 300 people had been killed. The overwhelming majority, black. Recently, a typewritten eyewitness account of the riot donated to the Smithsonian described airplanes dropping firebombs from the sky, black people being gunned down in the streets. And it posed the question, is the city in conspiracy with the mob? Those who survived faced homelessness and the daunting task of attempting to rebuild in a city that didn't want Greenwood and all that it symbolized. Slowly, Greenwood's residents recovered, though the Black Wall Street never returned to its glory days. And memories of the violence continue to haunt descendants even to this day. A full century later, some are still searching for the dead.